Hi, I'm excited to be here today and uh, tell you a little bit about how we started innovating in a new way at Adobe. Innovation is incredibly important to us, particularly as we've gone through the recent transition from putting software on round, shiny things in cardboard boxes to becoming software as a service company and putting our software and delivering it worldwide in the cloud. So before, in our normal process, we might take about a half dozen to a dozen products in a year from an idea stage to a prototype stage. We're actually putting it in front of a customer and evaluating uh, their feedback. And we might spend from $100,000 up to a $1 million on each one of those projects in the past. In the last 18 months, we've been using a new process that we developed called Kickbox, based on a lot of lean methodology. Thanks to Eric, Steve Blank, for all the work that they did on that. It's certainly been helpful to us. And we've been able to do several hundred projects for less money than we did a dozen previously. So I'll tell you how we're doing that. So a couple of key principles here. First of all, things like boot camps, hackathons, and more structured innovation programs are really focused on getting the end result of an innovation. Key realization for us is this is a long-term, deep investment, and we want to build innovators, not just innovations. So the key has been equipping our people with the skills and the experience they need to innovate. And that means experience not only succeeding as an innovator, but experience failing as an innovator. So one of our goals in doing this was actually to increase our failure rate. We weren't happy with the failure rate that we had. It was, we felt like our failure rate was too low. We weren't failing enough, which means that we weren't being bold enough in exploring new opportunities on new horizons, because we should be failing more, and we felt like there's a lot of opportunity that we were missing. So we wanted to build that innovation as an internal competency or an asset. Now, when I was challenged with, go out and teach other people in the company how you've been doing innovation. Internally, I'm an innovator, not a teacher. And I was a little bit flummoxed for a moment about how to do that. And I was stuck until I realized that we need to think of our innovators as my customer internally. So it's a customer that wants to go out and do innovation inside the company, so we should make a product. And as soon as we started thinking of Kickbox, our process for innovation as a product we were delivering, all the product-making DNA inside of us immediately came forward. And that's where the concept of putting it inside a box, the complete kit that an Adobe innovator needs, is handed to them in one of these red boxes. And we give it to them in a workshop that is a two-day workshop, and we decided to do an experiment. So we went from the idea of doing a kickbox to the first experimental workshop delivering the red box in prototype form to our first guinea pig employees in two weeks. So we created all the materials and everything I'm about to show you in original draft form in two weeks. And that first experiment, we had 60 employees that were interested in innovation that showed up to the workshop. They didn't know they were going to get a box. They didn't know that they were going to be challenged to actually go do an innovation. They thought they were probably going to come in and do creativity and innovation exercises with uh, pipe cleaner and scotch tape, maybe. Um, but we actually brought them in and said, no, you're actually going to create an innovation. You're going to do it with real customers. You're already funded, and your idea is approved, even though you haven't had the idea yet. So, and that took them a little bit aback. And our goal was out of the 60 guinea pigs in the room that we completely surprised, so I started by apologizing to them that we ambushed them for this experiment, but we wanted to find out how many of them would take up the mantle and actually keep the box. So we said, no harm, no foul, you can give the box back 
if you don't want to do this, we're surprising you. And our goal was to get 10 out of 60 people to keep the box and to go forward and just try to innovate. Didn't care about success at this point, is would they try? Good news, the end of the two-day workshop, 59 out of 60 kept the box. So we had good early feedback. We also learned a lot about what we wanted to evolve and change. So this is some of our people getting the box for the first time. So what's in the box? Well, we wanted it to be the complete desert island kit, everything that they would need. And we also wanted to communicate that we were serious. So I surveyed likely innovators inside the company, our innovation mail list internally, and I asked people, what are the problems you're having innovating? What's stopping you? Why aren't you doing more innovation now? And their answers are what dictated what we put in the box, because we wanted to remove all of those barriers artificially for one group of 60 people and then measure what they did. It was a true experiment. So everything that anybody said was stopping them, we artificially would remove and put that in the box. So when they said they didn't have enough money, we're gonna fix that. When they said they didn't have enough time, we're gonna fix that. So we removed all of those barriers and basically said, okay, employee innovator, your move, right? You said these are the things that are stopping you, now what are you gonna do? We've removed them all. And you know what? They got really excited. So the first thing that they discover up up the box is that it comes with what they really need. Sugar and caffeine are included in the box, a Starbucks gift card. These are two of the four major food groups of all innovators, as you guys know. And so they know that we really mean it because you're actually going to need this stuff to move ahead. Oh, the next thing that they're going to need is some funding. So there is a prepaid credit card in the box with some starter funds for them with $1,000 on it. Important note here. There's no expense reporting required for this money. There's no receipts required. There's no justification required. It's being given to them, no questions asked, because they are the CEO of their idea. At the seed phase, they're going to decide where to spend their resources, and they're going to decide what to pursue, and they're going to decide what idea they want to do, and they don't need to tell any other employee what they're doing or what their idea is or the path that they're taking. It's up to them. They're truly in charge of the idea at the earliest phase. This, by the way, putting the money on the card and saying no receipts required, anybody here that's in a big company probably realizes how that request went over when I said this is what we want to do. There's this stuff like may violate Sarbanes-Oxley, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, uh, from legal and finance. But you know, everybody got with the program, which was great. And so in two weeks, they actually made plastic cards and finance got them in the box so that we can empower innovators because I said, you know what, if we can't innovate, we're dead. And by the way, if we're dead, the first people that'll be fired is finance. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> but they actually, legal and finance became super supporters of this when they understood the boldness of what we were trying to do. So, what else comes in the box? Well, as I started talking about this program and what we wanted to do, people said, Mark, what is the process? Right? What is the process you're going to do for innovation? Everybody started calling it a process. And the first person that said that to me, I said, you know, it's not really a process. It's kind of a way of thinking. It's not really the structured thing. And people said, you know, that's really great. I hear you. What's the process? Right? And about the fifth time through that, I realized I'm arguing with my customers. Right? They want it to be a process because that will make them more comfortable. And I said, all right, you want a process? I will give you a process. It is numbered, one through six, and color-coded as a regimented process. 
Now, as people go through the workshop and through the process of doing this, a lot of people come to me later and say, so, you know, I don't really have to do the levels in order, do I? I guess I could do them in a different order. And I say, yes, you could. And you can, because you're in charge of how your project unfolds. And every idea and every innovator is different. People go, oh, okay. But you know what? It became a lot easier for them to understand when it was packaged as a process. It became less scary to open the box and start at step one. So that turned out to be a good move. So there are six levels. Um, each one has a set of actions that the innovator completes at the end. This is why they don't need management supervision to move through the red box. They supervise themselves because when they complete the actions at the end of level one, they move on to level two. When they complete the actions at the end of level five, they move on to level six. Now you may ask, what happens if they complete the actions at the end of level six? Well, they get a fabulous prize. A blue box. <laughs> What's in the blue box? There's only one way to find out, which is you need to earn one. But I can tell you that they are delivered by leprechauns that come riding in on unicorns, <laughs> and they will fulfill all of your product dreams. And also, no blue box that we have given out to date has been the same as any other blue box. Um, so what else is inside the box? Well. The level, so there's reference cards for each level, level one, two, three, four, five, and six. I'm gonna walk you through those really quickly. So level one begins with motivation. Strange place to begin, but we spend a lot of time focused on this, and we have learned after the fact, going back and looking at people's success rates through, the project, through their projects, that the highest correlation to people getting a blue box at the end was how seriously they took level one. Level one is all about aligning their motivations. Why? Because in my experience as a serial entrepreneur before Adobe acquired my last startup, and even at Adobe, when I've done created products at Adobe, maybe really honest, I have never innovated anything because somebody was paying me to. Oh, it's nice that people pay me to, and I appreciate it for sure, but we innovate because we care about it, because something intrigues us, because something pisses us off because we are driven forward by our own insecurities or we're driven forward by a deep desire to create something. But ultimately, just paying somebody cannot get them to innovate any more than paying somebody to fall in love can get them to fall in love, right? So we can pay people to innovate and companies do it in labs all the time and those people, good people, will pretend to innovate their very best and some innovation may accidentally happen while they're pretending to innovate and then everybody's happy. But if you really want to see innovation, and we went back and looked at the history of innovation that's happened inside of our company, some of the most interesting things have been one person who wasn't assigned to do this, who decided that, damn it, they're gonna go do something because they want to see this exist, right? And so when somebody is lit with that fire and that motivation, if we can take that personal passion and align it with the purpose of the company to solve hard problems for our customers, that alignment can enable us to change the world. Without that alignment, everything is going to be hard. So we realize that let's align things first. Motivation is the key. So we spend a lot of time focused on this, and at the end, they actually fill in to get their checkbox on level one, what drives their motivation. But level one is the one level they never share with anyone else. And I tell them, I don't care why you want to innovate, but you have to care or you're gonna fail, right? They have to be aligned. So number two is ideation. So we like to say ideas are a dime a dozen. 
uh, in the startup world. But the enterprise, we need ideas that fit our strategy. And they need to align with our brands and our go-to-markets and our technologies and other initiatives in order to be successful. So we need to put some guidelines in so people can understand what is it that the organization is looking for and how do I come up with ideas in those areas. So sometimes good ideas look like bad ideas. So inside the box, there's a notebook for them to capture their ideas. It's labeled the bad ideas book. There is no good ideas book in the red box because all ideas look like bad ideas. If you want to have good ideas, the number one way to do that is not to suddenly turn overnight into a genius. Number one way to do that is to have a lot of bad ideas is the key to having some good ideas. So number, level number two is all about capturing those ideas. Level three is about now taking that list of ideas, compressing, combining, refining, and evaluating those ideas with frameworks that are included in level three. And you guys are familiar with some of these. Um, there's a canvas. Um, there's scorecards. There's checklists. This is a close-up of a scorecard um, that people go through and rate um, their ideas against a bunch of different values. And they have copies of the scorecard. They ask peers. So when they sit down in that meeting and they say, hey, Bob, will you give me some feedback on my idea? Their peers in the company are happy to do that. And if their experience is like mine, when I sit down with people, the number one feedback I would get all the time is, wow, it's a really great idea, Mark. You should go do it which is the single most useless possible feedback anyone could give me, even though they're trying to help me. That's not helpful for me. What's more helpful is they say, that's a terrible idea. And then I can say, why? And we can have a discussion. So now when I ask for feedback, I explain the idea. Then they say, that's a wonderful thing. You should go do it. And then I slap the scorecard down. I say, well, could you fill out and rank one to five against all of these areas, how you perceive the idea? And suddenly the meeting gets really useful. Next is level four, where they validate the problem and they validate the solution. So this is straight up lean here. So they're going to go out and validate that the problem exists. They're going to use tools like usertesting.com or ask your target market or other surveying tools. And that's for their um, qualitative testing. For the quantitative testing on the back end of level four, they're going to go do smoke test websites. They're going to drive traffic through Google AdWords or Facebook ads to a brand uncoupled website. So it's not branded Adobe. So there are hundreds of different product ideas out there right now that some of you may have engaged with that look like they're from a really cool little startup, but it's actually a team inside of Adobe doing it. Why do we do that? Because we don't want to have a bunch of noise in our test rigs so we can have a lower number of people come through those test rigs. The problem is if we announce it under Adobe's name, TechCrunch writes an article and 19,000 people show up to kick the tires just to see what Adobe's doing, and we get very bad signal noise ratio. Um, so I'm going to show you a quick example of a two-sided marketplace that a team in Romania, our Romania office, did. Um, so they used a template. They created this in a day. And the, their idea was customers might want to be able to um, have photos uh, retouched, but they don't know how to use Photoshop. So could we connect people that know how to use Photoshop with people that want photos retouched? So they used a standard template. There was no coding in this. Can I go back one? Sorry, I double-clicked. Can I go back one slide? There we go, thanks. So this is stuff that they had uploaded. They made the site in a day. So they ran ads, and users came and uploaded these images, and these are the things they asked to have done to the images. And that team went and did these things and fixed it and sent it back to the customer, because we always deliver what we promise to a customer, even if it's not under our brand. So we learned a bunch about what people wanted, and we got 4,000 unique visitors, and 9% of them uploaded photos. And the cost of acquiring those photos was great, but of course, this was all for free. So now the next question was, well, we tested it at zero, which is where I like to start. 
because you started $100, and, well, we didn't get a very good response. Let's try 50. Well, it got a little better. Let's try 25. Well, I got a little, and we run out of money, right? So let's start at zero and say, for zero dollars, does anyone want to do this? Okay, good. We have a signal. We can follow it. So we started at zero, and then we said, would you pay two bucks to do this? And it went from 9% to 2.7%. Then they said, well, let's validate the supply side, because they were getting tired of retouching all these user photos. So could we get other people to do that? Use the same template, fill in other stuff, unrelated to the first site, launch this site under a different domain name, uh, ran ads, hey, you know Photoshop, make a little bit of money. And they drew people to it. They got 600 unique visitors, 22% of those visitors showed an intent, and 25% of them completed a task. Of the 22% completed a task, which was awesome. So we actually have a cost of customer acquisition, but we learned other really cool things in a one-week period. We learned well, where are the people that are looking for creative help, and where are the people that are willing to offer creative help in the world just by looking at our server logs? So there was valuable data to be had. Then we move on to level five. Level five is very simple. We just have to show they know how to move this lever, get one more data point through their test rig, make a change, show you know how to move the lever, show you know which way is up, and run out of money, because that sets up level six where we want to stop playing this game in corporations that we call HIPPO, highest paid person's opinion. Right? Because if it's you against the CEO, guess who's going to win? But if you come in with data, if your CEO is anything like our CEO, and that data is from customers, he's all ears. Right? Tell me what customers want. Doesn't matter what his opinion is. What does the customer want? So now we've got a small amount of directional real customer data. And this is a big deal. Changes everything. So the goal here is not for the um, executives to say, we like it, um, give a thumbs up. The only way to really know what an executive, including me, inside a large corporation really thinks is to ask for money. So they have to ask for real money to fund the next round of experiments. And if that executive, and it can be any senior director or above, anywhere in the corporation. So this isn't a single committee trying to pick. There's over 600 people in the corporation that can say yes to them. No one can say no. As they can go and if the 599th pitch, they get a yes, then they're green light. Right? So they bring experimental data, they do that pitch, they refine. A lot of times they pitch, go back, test again, repitch, and they stay in a loop there until they find the answer. So ultimately, what are we doing here? We're aligning passion with purpose. And that is changing things for our company. So we already have products and features in market that have evolved from this program. And let me tell you a little bit about the numbers, because everybody always wants to know. So we've run over 1,000 employees through this program, and 92% of them made it through level one, filled out their level one card. 63% of them made it to ideation, came up with an idea. 45% of them evaluated and filtered a set of ideas and identified one that, that looked promising. 22% of them validated that idea through level four and five. And 6% of those went and pitched. So some people say, well, how many boxes are there? Well, there's 23 blue boxes. The last one was last week. 23 blue boxes we've given out, just over 1,000 people through the program. So people start running the odds. What are your odds of success? But let me tell you, the key here, the key is that almost half of the 6% that ever got to pitching at all got funded. So when people say, well, how do I, how do I win? Because they're very competitive. How do I win? How you win is don't give up. Right? Get all the way to level six and pitch. And some of the best pitches that we've done have been ones where at the end, the innovator says, so therefore, my data has demonstrated that the idea that I had was terrible and we shouldn't do it. 
And then a room full of Adobe executives stand up and applaud, right? Because we didn't spend millions of dollars in a year of a brilliant team's time pursuing something. We spent a few weeks and a few thousand dollars, and we learned something definitive, which is powerful. So here's the big news. We're going to open source all of Kickbox. All the materials, all the videos from the two-day workshop. It goes into private beta January 8th. If you're interested, email kickbox.com or see me afterward, and I'll be happy to hook you up with the beta, and it'll go public in February. Thanks.